0: Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Peter Hobbs, who is a director of the BTMA, or British Turn Parts Manufacturing Association. Welcome to the show, Peter. Good to have you here today. How are you? Uh,
1: Jeff, uh, I'm very well, thank you, and thank you very much for uh, inviting me along to uh, have our discussion today. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: You're very, very welcome. It's it's actually a, a nice follow on from a couple of previous episodes of, of Insights for Manufacturing. Um, I had on Andy Sanford from Engineering Capacity and also Jack Semple um, from EMA as well. So, th- this will really uh, you know, be a good follow on to those uh, to those episodes. Sure. So, to kick things off, what, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for British turn parts manufacturers currently, Peter? Um, I think b- broadly speaking, Jeff,
1: um, something that comes up quite a lot in, in conversations uh, is reshoring. Um, it's certainly an ongoing trend uh, for our members um, who are uh, obviously dealing with with OEMs um, either directly or indirectly. Um, and those OEMs are certainly looking, uh, in their experiences, to to uh, to enhance their supply chain resilience, because uh, of course, you know, much of it has previously come from the Far East, uh, broadly speaking. Yeah. Um, so that's certainly something that uh, brings a, a focus to the members. And then, in addition, uh, and, and although I guess we'd all like to, to think that it's relatively short-term, the current weaker. GBP against the dollar and the euro uh, means that some of our members who are uh, exporters are of course um, by definition more competitive in the market so for them long may it continue for others I think they'd perhaps like to see a a slightly more leveling out of of that playing field and finally I I think it's uh, whilst it's a very sad situation for our industry I think it's also likely that some smaller less robust companies within the industry not necessarily BTMA members but just generally speaking may not survive uh, the current and developing energy crisis yeah so with this I would suggest inevitability um, of this happening uh, it will create opportunities not only for BTMA uh, members but also for subcontract manufacturers and uh, you know generally speaking they're, they're investing in the latest technologies something I know we'll come on to um, yep. later on um and are of course adapting their business strategies in in um, sort of preparedness for this situation sad as it might
0: be yeah Well, that's a good point you raise actually because um you know whenever there's a uh an adverse um event or set of circumstances that there, there is some good to come out of it and i guess it would you know lead to a certain amount of uh, consolidation or maybe you know other uh turn parts manufacturers being able to you know acquire other businesses or or assets of those businesses and hopefully protect some jobs at, you know at the same time so um yeah it would be interesting to see how that how that pans out you know all of us are sort of waiting with with bated breath as to what the new government's going to do and, and how Brexit is going to continue to to roll out and the, the, the awful trading conditions that we've got in terms of supply chain disruption and all of these challenges. Um, but the underlying thing is we've got a great manufacturing sector, haven't we, in the UK? And subcontract manufacturing is such a big part of that. So, yeah, uh, glass half full, I always like to say. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Okay, so how important is it for British turn parts manufacturers to focus on the latest technology, Peter? Um, I think without a doubt,
1: absolutely critical. Um, We as an association and certainly the BTMA uh, members um, are very conscious, and and they have to be so, uh, to be investing uh, in in the latest uh, technology. Uh, And some of that, uh, I think... um, Evidence, should we say, is born out of uh, some uh, some surveys and some statistics that we have uh, from uh, our membership of the uh, SID. So yep. the SID, uh, forgive my pronunciation, is the Syndicate International du Décolletage, um and that rep- and that is an organisation of of nine different countries. Uh, that contain uh, turn part manufacturers, subcontract term part mat- manufacturers from the relevant countries, and the statistics that we get, and we, and we share this information, which is which is very interesting, mm. um, uh, confirms that the UK is is far from the cheapest uh, labour rate out there amongst those those peer of peers of those members, uh, even in the ve- in the developed world. Mm. Um, therefore, a, a, a adopting and investing in the latest technology. Can bridge this gap between the lower cost countries, um, you know, because our members are always going to be have a higher cost uh, base in terms of labour than uh, low cost countries, um, and you know as subcontract manufacturers as our members are in broadly they are in the simplest terms selling machine time. Yeah. Therefore, speed and accuracy are imperative to the manufacturing members, uh, which enables them to be able to offer competitive costings to their customers uh, as they are not the arbiter of uh, the component design, the raw material that's used, or indeed the component application.
0: Mm. And and what about the – so we we talk about technology. I mean, specifically, can you you sort of give some detail as to some of the the types of technology that are – um, you know, helping to to bring that productivity up and bring, you know, bring costs down. I mean, you, you've got the machine tools themselves. Of course. So the OEM, CNC, machining centre, lathes, mills, all of those uh, pieces of capital equipment, you know, there are lots of um, OEMs uh, around the world. We've got some great access to, uh, you know, such a wide range of technology here in the UK. But I mean, outside of the... The, the main machines themselves you know are, are we looking at things like uh you know robotic loading systems i know there are sort of you know a lot of companies will will run lights out these days as well won't they the, the sort of un, unmanned type of systems yeah um so what 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 sort of things specifically are you seeing as the, as the you know the key uh movers and shakers if you like in terms of technology for uk sure. subcontracting
1: uh, I mean, to be fair, you, you, you've really hit the nail on the head in terms of the the, the core, that being the uh, the machine tool uh, suppliers, of course, who, whose technology is is continually evolving. Mm. Uh, our, our members, of course, are very active in in investment uh, and will will change out older machines for newer technology. Uh, Lights out again uh, is absolutely critical to the members because, of course, that that allows them to run as efficiently as they possibly can yeah. um at the relatively lowest cost uh, energy costs aside of course you yeah. um and uh, automation is certainly something that's coming into uh the industry very much at some of our members are beginning to adopt that either with uh, the billet work that they will do on their on their machining centers yeah. um or, or indeed um on what you would normally see um a bar loaded machine which also has has the adaptation of a robot uh, loading device as, uh, as well that gives perhaps slightly different uh, machining characteristics of mm. the component uh, subject to the quality that's required from
0: the end user okay and, and i guess the oem machine uh builders the machine manufacturers themselves uh would have to be fairly uh proactive in terms of um you know supporting their customers in terms of training and uh, you know making them aware of the the best sort of technologies for their own specific application or, or their own business it's Absolutely. not just a case of selling a piece of capital equipment you know the the oem will will they know everything about that machine and its capabilities um, but building a machine like that and then it operating out on site at a totally new customer sometimes you know you've got different there's lots of there's lots of variables aren't there it's something that operates you know to almost 100 percent efficiency in in the place where it's been designed and built you take it out into the field with, with different operators and different people programming and using it for different applications you, you can get different results so do you think your sector and your members um have a good enough support from the oems i'm sure they do but i'd be interested to uh interested Um, to find out I would say absolutely yes Um, and and I guess
1: um, my only uh, source of information in in this regard to be able to to substantiate it is of course the BTMA also have a group of technical members and those technical members are companies that are defined as companies that are providing goods and services to our industry the relationships that our members have with those suppliers uh, is very strong And, of course, uh, at the meetings uh, that we hold, um, those, both the suppliers and the subcontract users of the the machines are in one room. So they have the ability to be able to uh, discuss, network, find out what's happening uh, in the industry and and find out also what's coming uh, in the future. So it provides a
0: a fantastic platform for that exchange of information brilliant thanks for sharing that no so you, you mentioned earlier um you know energy so you know clearly energy costs are a major challenge to to all manufacturers yeah at the at the present time but what 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 are what are the other main challenges within turn parts manufacturing i mean i, I guess skills would feature pretty high up on that list as well
1: absolutely uh, skills um are uh, is a topic of discussion uh, that's um, happens at every single meeting uh, when I say every single meeting I've been in the chair for two and a half years so we've had a mixture of of, of online so zoom calls uh, and physical meetings and at every meeting every discussion the subject of skills uh, comes up and is a mm. huge is of huge concern to our members. Broadly speaking, you know, the, the delivery of, of apprenticeship programmes there is hugely for our members and geography seems to be uh, have a massive impact on the quality of the training and how it's delivered subject yeah. to location. Yeah, And of course, furthermore, the retention of those skilled staff is also difficult with larger companies being able to, hof- to offer higher salaries, improved benefits against the smaller SMEs. Um, And of course, that also uh, is dependent upon where our members are based. Uh, Yeah. And and it's a real um, it's a real problem. It really is, um, because they uh, (laughs) I think they uh, I guess the young person perhaps sees uh, sees the money, um, wants to go for that. And and why wouldn't he or she want to develop themselves in that regard? Um, But whether they then get the continuity of that work. Within uh, the larger company, who are taking on dozens of apprentices, which our members can't just base purely upon their size uh, Yeah. the businesses, um, I'm not so sure. You know, it's 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 difficult to quantify, but if someone sees pound notes in front of them, um, it's not unreasonable that for them to think shorter term than longer term.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's, it's an interesting uh, challenge, not just because there there is a skills shortage. Um, but also, I I mean, I suppose it's a, it's an unfunny joke that, you know, OEMs can, and I've seen it happen many, many times where, you know, the OEM has a supply chain. Um, but it, 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 turns out that quite often the supply chain don't actually supply, uh, products, components, and materials. They're actually a supply chain of people as well, because a lot of OEMs will hoover up a lot of the, um, Skill well sometimes apprentices but you know if they're taking on their own they don't necessarily need to 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 poach apprentices from their subcontractors but certainly more skilled machinists programmers you name it you know the oems will you know they're quite ruthless and they will go where they need to go and poach from where they need to you know to get the skills from which actually uh, it, it's not altogether sustainable is it because you know, OEMs rely on the, the SME supply chain. So if if the OEMs are dipping into the supply chain talent pool directly too often, um it, it's just propagating the the problem, isn't it? You know, so I, I guess it's a balance of uh you know businesses need support from from the education, further education sector. Yeah. But I, I think the the OEMs need to look after their suppliers a little bit better in terms of uh nabbing their people all the time it's, it's, it's it does seem a bit crazy
1: yeah i wouldn't disagree and, and i think and, and to sort of kind of finish on that one uh the yeah a lot of our uh manufacturing members will also um tend to turn now towards what you would perhaps just class as training so it's in-house training so those young people are then trained the way that, that the business wants them to be trained yeah. uh, and they become almost then more valuable and that's certainly something that uh, a number of our members are turning towards without going down the apprentice route
0: yeah well i guess you know there's as much value in that you know if you're if you're training people bespoke to your business i I suppose it, it it lessens the time for people to be productive for for the business um so that's, you know, that that's good to hear. I suppose we need a mix of, of everything, don't we? We need apprentices. We need people going through university and getting degrees to become, of uh, you know, a different type of engineer, but we need the hands-on skills. And yeah, I think automation, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to plug some of the gaps, but it, it still, oh, it, it beleaguers me to, to know that we are still so far behind a lot of the other, you know, uh, advanced industrial nations in terms of. Automation and robotics on on the shop floor. You know, if we haven't got the skills, uh, you know, we've 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 had this super deduction in place for a while. You know, and I know businesses, especially at the moment, are, are struggling through the energy thing, and they, they need to keep cash in the business. But without people, uh, you know, the, the whole thing's going to grind to a halt anyway. So it's it's a lot more complex than uh, than a lot of people think, and a uh, you know a, a difficult problem to have. So. Getting on to your association then, Peter, BTMA. So let's share with the audience, what is the BTMA? What is it for? And and what are your sort of aims, if you like?
1: So what's the BTMA? Um, The BTMA, um, as far as I know, in terms of the information that was given to me when I joined, uh, uh, the association was established in in the mid-1960s. And the BTMA is the only trade association that uniquely supports UK-based manufacturing companies who are engaged in the manufacture of precision turn parts and machined components on a subcontract basis. That's that's where we are. Okay. So the association um, has two types of member. Uh, we have manufacturing members, so i.e. the subcontractors, um, of which we currently have uh, 48. Um, and they are then further supported by technical members. And we have a total of 23 members. And those okay. who are companies who supply goods and services to, to the industry. If we had a lot more technical members, what we then simply do or would become is a small MTA. Now, we work very closely with the MTA. Uh, we have yeah. a great relationship, but there is no point in the BTMA trying to compete for all intents and purposes against the MTA because we don't have uh, the financial wherewithal to be able to do that. So that that's yeah. not our target or, or indeed our aims. So our aims, from my point of view, is to increase the membership that we have on the manufacturing side uh, yeah. whilst maintaining um, the benefits of membership to the, uh, to the existing uh,
0: members that we have. Okay. And do you just want to give us a quick run through of, of the overall benefits of, of being a sure. BTMA member? Yeah, not a problem.
1: So uh, membership of the association is, is based upon an annual subscription. Mm. And that annual subscription varies subject to the, the turnover of each individual company. Um, in terms of, of those benefits, so on an annual basis, the BTMA produces a, a buyer's guide, so which is an A4 publication around about 100 pages in size Um, and that is distributed um, in the January edition of the PES magazine yeah and each of our members has an A4 advert in that uh, in the buyer's guide and that goes out uh, to or or it did this year to around about 14,000 decision makers. The database that we use is that of, of of PES, again with whom we've been working for a number of years. So so it works in terms of that that part of the supply chain. Um, and it of course it raises the profile of those individual members in a, I suppose some would regard it as a traditional uh, media format. So it, yes. it doesn't ha- we don't have an online presence in terms of the, the, the buyer's guide, but we do have of course the BTMA website. And again on the BTMA website each member has its own profile uh, and is able to update it, m- amend it, edit it um, and uh, the, the website is very user-friendly uh, as a good interface and allows uh, a visitor to search for a specific uh, supplier company um, based upon their production capabilities or, or maybe even geographical location. Okay. Then, in addition in um, terms of the members, we traditionally hold three meetings a year. Uh, every member is invited to attend those meetings, and they are typically held in in March, July, and November. So the next meeting will be our AGM and general meeting, which is scheduled for uh, for next month. Yep. Um, and each member, as I said, has the uh, is is has an open invitation to come along uh, and take part in in that meeting, and we try to with the meetings um, go to different places so for example the March meeting is typically held at a venue of interest and just to substantiate that we've been to places like JLR, Morgan Cars, uh, we went to Brooklyn's uh, Motor Museum today so there is a broadly speaking an engineering theme for yeah. people to um, to come along and see so meeting takes place and then there is then a, a tour of that facility typically. Um, the July event um, tends to be a little bit more competitive because, it, in essence, it's our uh, our association sports day. So again, a meeting takes place, uh, and that's also then focused around uh, a golf event. So we yep. would typically, again, we go to different uh, different hotels with a golf course attached. Um, this year, uh, we went to Stratford-upon-Avon. Uh, and again, it, it always brings out the, the best and the worst in people. Out, the- <laughs> <I> can imagine. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, the AGM is typically a city location. Right. So that, that uh, is a, um, this year will be held in uh, Manchester. Um, and again, we have the two meetings back to back. That's also f- then followed by on the Friday evening, a black tie dinner. So that again, uh, partners are invited come along, and again, it's a very, a very sociable um, atmosphere and uh, experience for for all concerned.
0: So a good, uh, a, a good sort of culture of, of community within the association. Then I, I guess you've very got much so. Members that may compete against one another, I think that's just par for the course. But you know, I, I guess there's a lot of best practice that that's shared, and a lot of these businesses will go through the same challenges won't they so having that sort of sense of community sometimes can be um a a good support mechanism that peer-to-peer network very much so Uh, i
1: mean it's 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 almost difficult to understand unless you experience it i get but yes but you're going to be in a room full of your peers and competition so why would you want to um uh, impart information from your business to to others but the ethos of of every meeting it is not one of one member trying to take the work from another one it really is about networking and exchange of information and ideas yeah Uh, and that then over a period of time builds very very strong business and personal relationships between those those members
0: Um, and it works it really does work brilliant so what what are your what are your members looking for or asking for more support with the most currently i, I mean you know en- energy is a huge thing but what 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 else are they sort of uh contacting btma about what what are the challenges what what, what are you hearing right now uh, energy for sure and if
1: i may ju- just touch on that a little bit more jeff yeah if please I, if i may um is, is a massive concern uh, uh, clearly um And, of course, uh, the recent announcement from UK government, can't remember which government it was because they changed so frequently, (laughs) but but to support non-domestic users, of course, has been gratefully received. Uh, However, uh, the reduced increases, notwithstanding there's still significant increases, will still Mm. have a a massive impact on our members. Um, And in that regard, um, through our relationship with EMA, we conducted an energy survey. Uh, to our members Uh, we did this back in August and uh, one of the questions um, that we we were asked to to, to put to the members was are you facing an increase in energy costs in in the next six months and if so what percentage uh, increase and when so of course it was all relative to the time and things have moved on however uh, the a broad range of of response uh, from uh, no increase at all because they've got fixed uh, agreements contracts in place that take them past the six months uh but the most shocking increase was a 420 increase wow so that's a real focus certainly for for the members mm. um and it's not going away that that that's for sure so i just really wanted to to, to throw that in there yeah um but in, in terms of uh, then other requests, general requests, you know, I, I get uh, different requests in terms of people that are looking for, um, you know, help on uh, oil supply, on testing of, of, uh, for uh, asbestos, for Legionella. So it tends to be quite a broad church of, of requests when they happen. Um, But we do get, uh, as I said, a lot of information from EMA that I impart out to the members. So that's, of course, provides us with um, a great opportunity to talk directly, he says, with UK government. Uh, Yeah, certainly uh, something that the the members, uh, I think, appreciate, although it's a very, very slow process. That's that's the frustration. But I don't think that's any different for any any type of government
0: department. Yeah, absolutely. My next question was going to be about, about EMA and you know how important is your membership. So I guess I, I, having um, spoken to, to Jack Semple a few mm. episodes ago, yeah. um, I, I'm familiar with the work that that he and 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 EMA do. So the BTMA is a member of EMA, and and Jack and the team there are they direct interface? Correct me if I'm wrong between government and the associations that are members of EMA so BTMA is represented to government via EMA is that right that's absolutely correct right. yep yep so so
1: we through through Jack you know we we receive and can can impart information to him so we, we have a very close working relationship um we attend uh meetings first one uh beginning of uh, of this month in actual fact um prior to uh obviously everything going uh, sideways with with Covid but it, it certainly provides us with opportunities, particularly with the uh, UK uh, Government Department for Business. So BEIS, which is the Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy um, Department. And uh, it, it allows us in terms of the BTMA and fellow EMA members, uh, provides us with a voice that that's, we hope is listened to in terms of, you know, say what our members want. um what we would like to see. You know, it, it's very difficult to to ask a question of government without necessarily without appreciating um, the
0: the answer that you're going to get, which may not be the one that you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think you and I uh, met originally back in April at the uh, Mac Twenty Two exhibition, I, I think it was. Uh, Correct. I, I remember BTMA had a stand there and. and yeah. You were there, so j- just on the topic of marketing, then um, this this is one of just one of the things that falls under your remit, I guess, for, for yep. BTMA. UK manufacturing, you know, clearly it consistently uh, needs to, it needs to raise its game in terms of promoting itself. Um, we've got some of the world's best engineering and manufacturing businesses in in the country. We make some fantastic products here that that make such a difference to many industries and people's lives, but manufacturing it's still not given the credit it deserves outside the sector so why why is that in in your opinion and and you know how can how can the various trade exhibitions and 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 the industry publications better serve the sector through through marketing i think for me uk manufacturing is
1: in essence divided into two sectors i'm sure it's possibly a little bit more than that so i'm being i'm trying to simplify it yeah um that being OEM and subcontractors, of course, our, fo- our focus being on the subcontractors. Um, so certainly what I've seen in my relatively short time with, with with the BTMA is credit is often afforded by UK government to the likes of aerospace and automotive industries, wings and wheels, if you will. Yep. Um, and in both regards... Uh, they, of course, contribute hugely to the coffers of UK PLC and employ many thousands of people. No question, of course, uh, our members are either directly or indirectly supplying those uh, those industries. Yeah, but of course they're the ones, not exclusively, because there's also you know medical, for example, uh, that get that get the headlines. Um, so therefore, of course, you know, from my po- my uh, personal point of view. Um, Out of the sector that isn't given enough credit is certainly subcontract manufacturing, um, which without the OEMs cannot bring components or products to market. Uh, You know, all of our uh, many of uh, many number of our members uh, undertook the uh, ventilator challenge back in March, April of 2020. Um, our members didn't close; they all continued to work, albeit at reduced, you know, levels of, of capacity because mm. of the, of furlough and, and uh, obviously trying to prevent uh, infections, uh, you know, being spread. Um, did did they get uh, enough recognition for that from UK government? No, no, they didn't. Uh, ab- absolutely not. But um, you know, we, we just we, we obviously try to raise the, the profile of our our sector as, as best we can. Yeah, You mentioned, you know, trade exhibitions, um, trade exhibitions and uh, industry publications yeah, both provide uh, a platform for subcontract manufacturing, whether that's as, as an association or as an individual company. Um, but for sure, there needs to be a, a push or a determination from UK government to encourage younger people, as we were saying before, to consider a career in manufacturing or engineering. Yeah engineering per se and remove um, any stigma that might be something you know, of, of getting your hands dirty as a, as a perceived negative to that young person um, that's I, I think that has to start at the top and then start to to, to come down in into the areas that are going to uh, be able to supply um, that, that those components um, be it OEM or, or subcontracting. And, and, and perhaps you may have seen online, you know, uh, there's there's a, a petition trying to get up in terms for a, a, for a dedicated Minister of Manufacturing.
0: Uh, Andrea Wilson.
1: Indeed. Yeah. And something <laughs> uh, that, you know, you know, our colleagues, should we say, within the industry are calling for.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe that would provide specific support across the spectrum uh, of it. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Um, I did meet Andrea um, at, uh, at, at Mac. And um, she's certainly working very hard uh, towards it. Uh, do the BTMA support it? Of course. You know, if it, if if it helps uh, UK manufacturing, generally speaking, absolutely, absolutely, and, and all power to her elbow.
0: Absolutely. So, what what's next on the horizon then at, at BTMA? So, you know, there, there's a long sort of tradition and heritage, you know, for the association, you know, within turn parts manufacturing. Um, what are we talking now 60 odd years you know supporting subcontracting what's hot off the press
1: sure so um uh, along with just to, to, to reiterate you know the the uh, the AGM that's, that's happening uh, next month on the on the 25th on Friday the 25th of, of November um that of course uh, will will certainly allow members to uh, to get together and network you know b- before uh, the end of, of of this year so that sure. that's ve- very much uh, certainly on my horizon uh, at the moment that's that's something that we're working towards um under uh, Uh, Our previous president, Nick Groom, uh, whose tenure finished uh, in November of last year, uh, there was certainly a degree of of restructuring and modernising of the association uh, and how it delivers the benefits and services to the members. So the website was was made a little bit more sexy, shall we say, and a little if if engineering can be, but (laughs) you know what I mean. Um, So you know to try and and, and modernise our. Our our current president, uh, Steve Doyle, who who you of course have have, have met, um, he's continued with this ethos that was that's laid down not just by Nick but also previous presidents. Yeah, um, because it's very difficult to reinvent the wheel, shall we say? Um, But um, yeah, certainly from Steve's point of view, um, he's he's very keen to ensure that the the association projects itself in in the market. To attract new members members um and we can only do that by raising the profile of the association so things like yep. we're doing today is is absolutely fantastic and we've never done this as, as an association so you know again thank you for that um so the 2023 um that of course will will it will include the general the three general meetings and the agm um, that we've uh, already discussed yep um and um although not wishing his time over because our presidents uh, have a tenure of two years. Steve's tenure will come to an end in November of next year, so 2023. Um, and our current vice president, David Brown, he will then take the uh, the baton and, and move it forward, shall we say, or move it forward with, with different ideas that he yeah. may have. So... Um, i guess those are normal things um you you said you know sort of hot off the press um it's difficult to be specific but what i can say is we're certain we are very much looking at trying to raise the profile of individual members on a regular basis and that's not uh on an ad hoc basis so that's not those members that turn up to a meeting get the, the the biggest spotlight not at all it's all about uh, every member has their own voice and is an equal so we we will yeah. certainly be uh, raising those individual profiles through probably online media because that's the, the most cost effective and easiest way of doing it yeah. uh, in the next 12 months uh, that that that's for sure okay and uh, we've also will be attending um, or some of the members at least will be attending the sid congress which uh, will happen in June of next year, between the 11th and the 16th of June, again giving those people that wish to attend um, the opportunity to network with with other countries to see what what they're doing and whether they can employ some of the
0: uh, you know the, the processes that that they are using in their in their own uh, businesses. Yeah, and where, where is that SID conference? Is that in is that in the UK? Is that in... uh, no? This this sorry, next year, next time uh, it will actually be in Barcelona. Okay.
1: Um, but in, in essence, each each member of the SID takes a turn to hold a steering com- committee, followed uh, two years after by the Congress. So I think um, the UK's turn uh, in terms of BTMA will be hosting it
0: uh, in 2027. Great. So that's something to, to look forward to uh, on, on our doorstep as well. So yep. uh, great. Well, it, it's been a, 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 an intriguing conversation today, um, you know, clearly... Lots of challenges out there for BTMA members, but also lots of opportunity. we discussed reshoring. Um, you know it's been a, a great conversation. I'd like to wish you the, you know the best of luck in, in promoting uh, BTMA and some further growth there for subcontract uh, engineering and turns part, turn parts manufacturing. Um, so thanks very much for coming on the on the show, Peter. it's been a pleasure
1: no jeff thank you very much for inviting me
0: and it's i thoroughly enjoyed it thanks very much you're very very welcome so that brings us to the end of another episode of insights for manufacturing look out for the next episode of insights for manufacturing until then see you next time and goodbye